shaken with the exception of the rock of God's kingdom rule personified in Jesus. And we'll find that there is constantly a light that shines on our desperate need for him and at the same time his abundant availability to us and a gentle wind that regularly blows us to his side, the side that once flowed with blood and water that birthed his church and cleansed her with the water of regeneration and he draws us to his side. And I had a vision of this a while back and looked down and uh, there his feet and my feet were standing on a rock of unshakableness in these times. And that truth is all prevailing irrespective of global tensions, uh, political forces at hand, and whatever. And to stand on that is to stand in oneness with the conqueror and is partake of the overflow of his overcoming life and to be constantly reminded that greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, draw me to your side that flowed with blood when you hung and died wash away my guilty stains till only your peace remains I'm the branch and you're the vine Let your life flow one with mine Fill this branch with fruit divine A harvest of your love Holy, holy is the Lamb that was slain. Worthy, so worthy, soon to come again. The archangel with trumpet raised. Wait for the word your father will say Your bride with her arms outstretched in praise Says come quickly, oh my love Come quickly, oh my love Folks, in the course of music and the spoken word, testimony, storytelling, I will interject some personal prophetic words of encouragement, and I underscore encouragement. Exhortation, that's the build up. I'm sorry, exhortation is to stir up and inspire. Edification is to build up, and consolation is to soothe. That's a paraphrase of 1 Corinthians. 14 and 3. 
That's the primary purpose of New Testament prophecy in these days. Anything that comes in prophetic packaging has to be tested, laid along the side of the statement of Scripture, borne witness to by the Spirit as you hear it, and I submitted to pastoral authority here. I learned a long time ago what my job description is. And you know, as we give ourselves to our general calling, which is to be conformed to Jesus Christ in attitude and action, we offer up the package deal of who we are. But in the climate of that, we begin to see a definition of our particular specialty or assigned destiny, if you would. It's a combination of our natural aptitudes, which are God-given, and our spiritual giftings, and the particular impetus of our heart. Some people don't wake up to that till their later years, but they do wake up to it. So whether you're eight or 80, the high calling of the Lord is to present ourselves as a living sacrifice to be conformed to him in attitude and action as he works from the inside out. And in the climate of that, we begin to see the specificity of our specific calling. And sometimes it may be more public than others. There may be a wider sphere of notoriety than others. It may be more backstage, but it's all of equal importance. I know what's kept wind in our sails in 33 years of itinerant ministry by faith, just trusting God for our provision, and prior to that 20 years of pastoral ministry, has been a certain prayer circle of significant intimate others that have prayed for us heartfelt intercession and a discernment and we've had special relationships we've been in the trenches with them they've been in the trenches with us they know us thoroughly they're constantly affirming our distant vision but keeping our feet on the ground keeping us from taking ourselves too stinking seriously and maintaining authenticity and yet the affirmation of anointing that God has given us and we do the same there's just so many close relationships like that we can manage. It's not a click, it's a cluster, and it equips us to love in a broader measure the body of Christ and even love the world with a John 3.16 anointing. I learned some time ago that my specialty, and Donna and I are living our dream, hallelujah, we've been through some seasons of preparation that didn't seem anything vaguely akin to what we're doing. But the Lord used that, recognized the character study in the life of Joseph. But I am a glorified UPS delivery boy, delivering care packages of encouragement to your inner mailbox for you to prayerfully ponder and sort through and find the product of edification to build up exhortation to stir up consolation to soothe. I've learned what my prophetic job description is not. I don't, I don't uh, 
predict election outcomes. I do have my hopes in that regard. I pray for the nation. I want to see godly men and women in office. And if somebody asks me what I am, I don't claim either Democrat or Republican. I say I am a conservative. I believe in the conservation of traditional political values. If they want to take it further, I will. But I generally avoid the diversionary tactic of the enemy of getting into political debate at the expense of the kingdom of God, Amen. which is our priority. Hallelujah. Yes. Glory to God. God's doing a marvelous work of inner healing in his family, a healing of heart and soul. Our spirit is already complete. The perfect replication standing in the blameless righteousness of Jesus Christ for regeneration and the revolution that occurred when we receive him when our once dark stillborn sin-driven interior stood condemned through inherited sin and yet when we received him as Lord and Savior he took up residency in our spirit and it became the very image of him standing in righteousness and a new nature created in righteousness and holiness of the truth you don't have two natures you have one nature and somebody might say what about the flesh that's not your nature that defines you that's a condition to be dealt with by yielding to the spirit hallelujah walk after that is rely upon and respond to the spirit do not satisfy the desires of the flesh the flesh is a house that the old man haunts and attempts to define us continually and yet to reject that definition and embrace the grace of our new identity, to feed that new identity by the feasting on the substance of God's word, the inhalation of his praise and the exhaling of worship in his presence that calls our heart that's the depths of how we ponder and are impassioned to where our treasure is that spills over into our soul with repeated waves of transforming healing that transfuses our soul and transforms us into the image of God as that earthenware of our humanity is able to express the excellence of his glory as we are royalty within and yet manifest this treasure in earthen vessels. Hallelujah. That's the Christian life in a nutshell right there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I long to walk where your fullness dwells, drinking the power from the depths of your well. Just keep me free for your glory to tell, walking in our first love. Make me the man you want me to be Knowing new wonders, your glory to see As you keep me this child So adoring to be Walking in our first love Lord Jesus, each time I call on your name Let nothing in me your glory restrain Trusting in you, your own will to gain whether it's whirlwind or soft summer rain, 
And when the sunrise graces each dawn, let all of yesterday's chapter be gone. All of its glories and all of its wrongs, leaving today and you. Leaving today and you. When Jesus Christ first comes and takes up resident in our spirit and we become the perfect replication of the revelation of who he is, the soul that is our humanness, our personality, our mind, will, and emotions, our self-perception, self-awareness, self-expression resembles something between a train wreck and a soap opera for most of us. <laughs> but he would have our soul to prosper, according to 3 John, the second verse, and Psalm 35, 27, he takes patriarchal pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And that is to be transformed into the shalom of nothing broken, nothing missing, because in that soul effectiveness and wholeness, we become in greater measure able to manifest him, which is our highest calling and highest satisfaction. Praise the Lord. And I can remember when I first met Jesus Christ, I was a student at UCLA at the time, and the year was back in 1963, and I had met a new friend of mine who was a new Christian, and he was about... Um, 5% wisdom and 95% zeal, but that's okay. I heard the fragments and bits and pieces of the gospel. And one of the things he quoted was Blaise Pascal, the great French scientist, who said, man is born with a God-shaped vacuum that can only be satisfied by God through Jesus Christ. And I can look in retrospect at what that dark, deep inner hole was. And every human is born with it. It is a craving for intimacy. That's up close transparency based on love and trust. Intimacy, identity, a knowing of who we are because we know whose we are. Dominion, the ability to contend with the adversity that plagues a fallen planet. And destiny, a hope and a future that we are, by divine design, developed and work into, that we might impact the world around us increasingly, according to our job description in him. In the University of the Holy Ghost, there are certain requirements in certain electives, and yet there are certain required subjects that are pertinent to our particular calling. And we begin to learn those as we know the dean of students of the University of the Holy Ghost, King Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I can remember my soul was an emaciated mess of contusion. But I can remember these therapy sessions I would have with Dr. Jesus at night when I could file the day away and I could turn off just the raging of my mind 
and tune into him out of desperate necessity, but finding that in my desperation, the revelation of him was there. And I couldn't define the inner audio of his inner voice at that time like I can now. But I had impressions of just waves of healing proceeding across my soul, areas to where I'd been conditioned by performance-drivenness of religiosity, rejection, uh, being uh, just assigned to a peripheral place by society at large, or feeling uh, very much left out, uh, feeling shamed, feeling just an utter lack of self-worth. But I could sense that a revolution had gone on inside me and there was a release of life, his healing life, zoe in the Greek, the full flowing power, purity, creativity, and sensitivity of the very life of God that's resident in us. The Christian life is not hard, it's impossible, only one man ever lived it, and yet he schools us in the ability to rely on his ability within us that he might live through us. That's what it is to grow in grace. Grace in a word is God's ability. To grow in grace is growing in the ability to rely on God's ability. Hallelujah. But I can remember just those marvelous therapy sessions with the king. And there's a lot of people that haven't come into that. They've been born again in their spirit, but they stopped there. And there is still just this woundedness, this soul contusion of inner bleeding that keeps us drained. And yet the Lord would beckon us to recognize that he is very sensitive to that. He is passionate to see our soul relieved and released of the accrued baggage that we've picked up in our before Christ days. And uh, I remember writing a song in commemoration of those times. One of the few scriptures I knew was the quotation of David saying, I will remember thee upon my bed and meditate upon thee in the night watches. In retrospect, a few years later, wrote this song entitled Night Watch. Now sometimes in the night watch of my room On my back I lie And stare at my ceiling I see his cross up there Crown of thorns in his hand You know it melts my stubborn heart and sets me to kneeling Then there's a glow that I feel within my womb Like a friendly fire one feels on a chilly day Over me he stands Soothes my wounds with the nail-scarred hands Such a big, strong hand Once plied a carpenter's to 
Then I say, Lord, I want to be like you, just like a little boy wants to be like his father, says, child, follow me, I'll show you things you never dreamed you'd see. You see, I'm warm, I'm real You can give yourself to me Says, child, follow me I'll show you things You never dreamed you'd see You see, I'm warm, I'm real You can give yourself to me In the night watch of my room Personal word right over here couple here, what is your names? I'm Nathan, this is my wife Alicia. Nathan and Alicia, Kingdom Mathematics and Warfare, one can put a thousand to fight, fight, two can put ten thousand to fight. I see you as coalescing and dovetailing in the agreement of prayer in the face of adversity, and yet the Lord is fortifying you, he is schooling you as prayer warriors, and the gates of hell are starting to shake on their hinges from the battering ram of your prayer declarations and your agreement. God bless that to you. The Lord just recharges and stands with you and says you are not alone, but you have the intercessory operation of the Holy Spirit within you, the supreme intercessor with a capital I at God's right hand, who is looking at this situation of adversity, and he periodically gives you the aerial view from his right hand that sees that it's not some Godzilla monster-esque-like thing in the arena, but it, it is a wimpish, impish foe forged in the pit of hell that knows how to magnify himself, but you're seeing through it. And you're going to come through this and break in this winning situation and even <clears throat> relational flesh that has opposed you, the Lord will begin to convict and turn that around also. God bless that to your heart and soul. You're going to come through that and come into a calling. You've both got a spirit of adventure. There's a pioneering spirit about you and a coming into new beginnings and you'll be able to say with the psalmist, Thou hast set my feet in a large place. Hallelujah.
The Lord is doing a tremendous work that's transgenerational. Uh, and the church that we're a part of in Boise on rare occasions when we can go there on Sunday, but we do make it to the small group meetings during the week because we're at home often during the week. It's called River House, and my pastor is 50 years my junior. I am 82, and Pastor Jordan Werner is 32. How about that? God's given him tremendous godly wisdom, but we interact and he recognizes that I'm very often to add captions to his visions. That is verbalized scriptural principles, kingdom laws that have been set into force and motion that cause those experiences to become renewable assets. We've had some wonderful exchanges and there's been a tremendous exchange and the Lord is doing something for trans uh, transgenerational uh, family that's going to become a revolutionary force in the community. Boomers, baby boomers, as folks born uh, after 1945, are generally coming into restored hope. For much of our time, folks, we've been message-centered at the expense of being Christ-centered. Now, it hasn't been a total loss. We've gleaned some things, but very often we have taken spokes and made them the hub. As far as the Christian life goes, Trevor said it earlier, he is it. You know, we've had a sense to say, well, this is it. It's the word of faith message. And I am blessed that I have that as one of my spokes. The word of faith unto grace. The first time I ever heard Kenneth Hagin preach that, it was like pure, pristine, fallen snow. But then what we took it and did with it was made it head knowledge and motor mouthing and had prosperity confused with opulence and there was this inordinate mix of the American dream and the kingdom of God. You hear what I'm saying? As we prioritize the kingdom of God, that is the advancement of the rule of God in the canaan of our soul and we become a channel of that, we have a passion to see God glorified and his earth, his will invasive on earth as it is in heaven we prioritize the kingdom of God and all else will be added unto us. <clears throat> he wants us to have nice things. He's El Chadai, not El Chipo. <laughs> we begin to recognize those things all else is added unto us. Blessings begin to overtake us. You know, I'll just give you a case in point. Uh, because of the travel we do, we purchase late model cars. I dislike car payments with a passion. We pay extra on the principal to whittle those down. But we sow 
unto other ministries and we will identify the seed as Lord this particular one is toward the elimination of car payments and it was about a year and a half ago somebody stepped up to our car that didn't appear to be an affluent person in the house that they lived in or their dress or demeanor but they were someone who had understood giving and the Lord had trusted them with a measure of affluency and it was at a little podunk church in a small town and she said stop by my house on your way out of town I got some vegetables for you and she stepped up to our car with a bounty of vegetables and looked at us very directly and said you've been on my heart lately uh, how much do you owe on your car it's the Kia Sorento that's parked around here and um, Donna who's the bookkeeping brains I kind of know what's going on there so she's not having to carry that alone, but she's much better at it than I am, uh, said $14,000. And she said, you'll be receiving a check for $14,000 in the mail within the next few days. That was just out of the blue, one of those serendipitous blessings that you amble into on occasion. But there was... Steps forward, faith-based action that was paying extra on the principal and sowing, not to just get. You know, we sow because we recognize that we don't own anything. We are stewards of everything we have. It doesn't own us, and we release it, whether it's the investment of our talent, our time, our substance, our physical resources, and we release that in giving to bless others in the name of Jesus and see the kingdom message become magnified and as we do there is an inevitable return in a variety of ways and we don't just give to get but we begin to again enter this camaraderie of generosity with the God that we could never outgive. and we have seen it true growingly over the years in the early years we didn't understand sowing and reaping God took care of us anyhow we were in wilderness provision. That was it. It would just, at the point of desperation, seem to fall out of the sky. I remember a time in our early ministry, we didn't have kids yet. We were newlyweds. I was getting few and far between uh, meetings and doing landscape labor to keep body and soul together. And um, we were down to where we could just afford toilet paper and peanut butter. I said, well, honey, those are essentials. By faith, I took my stand as leadership. We're going to go to the supermarket and we're going to buy toilet paper and peanut butter. And we came back and there on our spread out on our front porch was just this pile of grocery bags with provisions. And to this day, I have no idea where that came from. That was wilderness provision. We began to become farmers and we begin to sow and we begin to reap and we have never suffered the lack of any good thing. It's looked a little close at times and we've been tested in the valley financially, but we always say, hey, we're on the offensive. We got the ball on our own two yard line, but we're going to drive 98 yards, whether it's the bomb of a few long plays are grinded out four yards in a cloud of dust and we are going to up our giving and go on the offensive 
and know that God loves that, responds to it. It is faith-based action. It's not manipulation, but it is a revelation of sowing and reaping that's been cultivated over the years as we've entered into the Canaan of his assignment and we still continue to explore that to this day. Hallelujah. We as boomers, we took the message of grace and we just let that be head knowledge and it became licentiousness rather than the operational power of God's force and favor that defies the gravity of sin and allows us to live above it. That's grace. Grace has been set into force by the finished work of the cross and we learn to appropriate it by faith and God takes what is all spiritual blessings and spiritual places, Ephesians the first chapter, and translates it into the terra firma of the practical and very often as we are speaking it, our tongue becomes a rudder in the flow of the spirit who leads us into the manifestation. There's times when it just seems prolonged and it's okay to pour out our heart to God. David often did that. He poured out his heart to God and he would begin with a lament and say, Lord, I am in dire straits. And he would pour out his heart, but he would always then move into the holy but, but God who is all surpassing in power and might and mercy and generation will be my deliverer. It's where you put your butt. Hallelujah. <laughs> and you can pour out your heart to God and trusted prayer partners without the confession police pouncing on you. You understand? Some of you know exactly what I'm saying. It's very important to train our tongue to operate in thanksgiving and praise sacrificially it begins to bring us into the manifest presence of God it keeps us from murmuring and grumbling and keeps us on a faith course but there's times when we need to pour out our heart to God who receives it compassionately transfuses and energizes us with a fresh fervor in our faith and the fuel for moving forward like to dedicate this to you if you're going through a trial right now. It's kind of bluesy. Hey, facing my days, surrounded by the blues, I know for certain that I'm not going to lose. Sooner or later, Jesus turns it around for me. Hey, to get where I'm going, gotta walk through some rain, but I know the sun is gonna shine bright again. Sooner or later, gonna turn it around for me. Here in the furnace, it's burning my bonds away. Iron is forming in my soul, turning into gold. Brighter and purer day by day I hear his word My faith rises high Got that aerial view You know I see deep and wide Sooner or later He turns it around for me It's gonna be soon 
Here in the furnace It's burning my bonds Away And it's forming in my soul Turning into gold Brighter and purer Day by day This chapter will end But not the book Soon I know I'm going to take a blessed backward look As I sweetly remember how he turned it around for me Sweetly remember how he turned it around for me <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I want to pause here and wait and reflect. What's your name? Stephanie. Stephanie, swift to uplift and encourager. Upbeat kind of gal. You march to the tempo of the snare drum. And there's a zip in your step. And it's encouraging and it is contagious. God has given you vision for your offspring to where you can see through the light of the tunnel that at times they go through because of the age they are. And you begin to see the formation of the revelation of the hope of his calling and you are energized to realize that you are partnering with the one who has planned their lives and seeing that come into being. And he encourages you often in that regard. What's your name? Paul. Paul is a stable, authentic, meat and potatoes kind of guy. <laughs> He's intensely practical and yet very, very jovial. You're a good storyteller. You know, you can kick back and, and talk. And as we used to say down south, chew the fat about this and that. And yet the Lord begins to take over in your conversation and there's going to be triumph in your testimony that's going to be transmitted to others. The spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. That's Revelation 19.10. And as we're testifying to people, very often we are framing both their presence and their future. I've had people testify to me of victories that they've had in relational areas vocational areas, ministerial areas, financial challenges, and it is transmitted into, I did it for them, I can do it for you, embrace the grace of what you're hearing, and expect me to maestro it into manifestation. And that's very often what's going to happen even when you're unconscious of it, Paul. It might be a one-liner or a two-liner, and you're good at coming up with some droll remarks. You've got a dry sense of humor that kind of takes the seriousness out of uh, things of people that are too serious about themselves and they can begin to relax and let their religious ice melt off of them. God bless that to you. You know, as I'm saying these things, dynamic dittos are jumping all over the room. Praise the Lord. By that I mean the Lord is saying, you also. So help yourself a slice of the pie of those, and it just happens to be that they've been the ones seated up front. 
because, hey, I play the lounge. I'll walk down the aisle and go down and, and get back to people in the cheap, cheap seats very often. So uh, uh, you know, don't typecast me as somebody that just majors in the first couple of rows. That's just how it's been this morning. The Lord, at times, in our inner healing, would have us to be, and by the way, let me get back to this thing of being message-centered. We took discipleship and made a travesty out of it of legalism. I won't get into details on that, but it became a lot of self-help gimmickry and a lot of hoops to jump through and a lot of inordinate submission to authority that was out of bounds. The Lord would mentor us in the moment-by-moment walk of reliance upon the Holy Spirit and responding to him in obedience as he would live through us. What he exemplified in his walk in the gospel as the God incarnate on earth, but also a human being that exhibited perfection in reliance upon the Holy Spirit, perfection in obedience to the Holy Spirit, what he exemplified, he is our enabler as he lives in us. And when we stumble and fall and leave another face print in the ground, he picks us up, dusts us off, and gets us to walk in cadence in the rhythms of his grace once again and renews us in this art of the heart of walking moment by moment with him, submitted in his yoke, being mentored by the supreme rabbi and becoming a representation as we partner with him. He teaches us to see people through the lens of his love, irrespective of their packaging. He saw the woman at the well, the shady lady of the village, as someone hungering for the water of life and desiring of being a worshiper. And she was awestruck that he would even talk to her, a man talking to a woman, and a Samaritan considered a religious half-breed, and he saw that, and she felt valued, revealed himself as Messiah, I am he, and said, go get your husband. And she said, I have no husband. She said, you speak true. The man you're living with now is not your husband, and you've had five husbands. Boy, she really perked up. He knew her checkered past and yet saw the value and potential he was calling forth. And I can see her throwing back the cloak or the hood that was partially covering her face and sprinting down into the village to spread the word to the villagers. I can't think of a worse public relations program than appointing the shady lady of the village as your press agent. Are moving along the road, being followed by your groupies, hoping to get an autograph maybe on their tunic. And he just happenstance looks up into the trees, and there's little Zacchaeus, the scum of the earth, a pawn of the Roman Empire, hated by his countrymen as a tax collector because he shelves his commissions out of overcollection, and yet sees in Jesus who he longs to be like, and sees that Jesus says, Hey, Zach. Come on down to the tree here. And Jesus looks at him, and there is this exchange, and it's a moral revolution. And he goes from a thief to a paragon of generosity 
and revolutionary repentance and the king invites himself over for supper. Hallelujah. And the groupies are standing back there wondering, good night, what's he got that we haven't got? Praise the name of the Lord. He will at times call us to be time travelers, to go back into those occasions that produced trauma, fearful events, and very often it was our well-intended but mistrust that got us into that. We weren't aware of him at the time. He was there on the scene, anguishing with us and knowing that our eyes would soon be opened to him as our deliverer and inner healer and stayed the enemy's hand from annihilating us completely. But times when we were traumatized by events that happened and lived in a certain foreboding fear of reoccurrence. Our stigma to where cutting words left us there draped in shame and feeling worthless, and the enemy was there to accuse God of being distant and uncaring and pasting a label on us as stupid and worthless. And Jesus, the great physician and healer, puts his head out of his office and says, the doctor is in. You don't need to be sitting in the waiting room. Come on with me. We're going to go back in time. Not the enemy's instant replays that are there to rub your nose in your mess, but we're going to come back with me and we're going to face those Beelzebub bullies and you're going to stand there with me and you're going to forgive human flesh where you need to if I need to straighten them out and exercise some vengeance and judgment, it'll be unto uh, redemption. Pray for them. Let me take care of that. But tell, I will tell you what to say, and you'll come against that intimidation, and I'll tell you to hurl David's slingshot and that rock out of your mouth. I'm more than a conqueror. I am the adopted son or daughter of Jesus and have been bestowed with favor and authority and seated right hand and because of whose I am and who I know, I am significant. The shame of my past sins are under the blood of Jesus. There is now no condemnation toward me and even when I step in some poop in the pasture, there's no condemnation. There is contamination, but you are quick to renew me to forgiveness. At times, Lord, when I drift over into religiosity and try by sheer performance to earn your appeasement, you remind me that I'm already accepted and I operate out of that position of identity that I can put my best foot forward and that I am not compelled to succeed in order to accrue your favor, but that I am able to be energized to put my best foot forward with permission to fail, a license to learn, and yet inevitably to succeed as you who I magnify would have my soul to prosper. Praise the name of the Lord. God bless that to you. God, we're touching eternity. I gotta be in touch with my chronos here. Hallelujah. The Lord's doing a healing work in his bride. I saw the vision years ago. A woman in a dark, large room seated on a stage. Her dress was torn and stained. 
her face etched with wrinkles of anxiety, her hands gnarled, prematurely aged with nothing to show for it, except every now and then an embarrassment to pull her skirt down over her lame, twisted feet. Time and time again, she'd gotten up out of the chair. She knew the doctrine of healing. She had a pretty good idea of that in head knowledge, but it had not gotten down to her heart to perceive her healer who makes that doctrine a dynamic and makes it happen. Jesus approaches her on the stage, strokes her hand, steps back and invites her to walk toward him. Faith rises in her heart. She takes a couple of spastic steps forward, which she hadn't been able to do, collapses in his arms as he says, come and dance with me, my bride. I'm going to dance you into triumph to the banqueting table of my provision, which is there, whether it's in the mountaintops or the valleys. She's laid aside her pride and her passion. They've taken their toll and they've left her weak. They've torn and soiled her garments once lovely. She pulls them to cover her lame tired feet. She sighs for the one she remembers so tender, reflecting on times of pure delight. When life was made sweet by his rule and his caring, she longs to return to his arms from the night. Come and dance with me, oh my bride Now that you've forsaken your other lovers Hold your arms open wide I'll fill them with myself Let my love song ring in your heart I'm whirling you toward our banqueting table Taking my golden vessels down from the shelf takes his hand and she rises so slowly. Power returns to her ankles and feet, glides in his arms as they tread upon serpents who shrivel and cry in the crush of defeat. Their hearts beat as one with a rhythm so constant, their voices make melody richly released. An escort of angels descending and rising follows them as they arrive. At the feast, take his hand as he says, May I have this hand? Let him heal you in his embrace and whisper the rhema of his word within your being. Let it be as capsules that explode in healing power within you. Come and dance with me, O oh my bride, now that you've forsaken your other lovers. Hold your arms open wide, I'll fill them with myself. Let my love song ring in your heart, whirling you toward our banqueting table, taking my golden vessels down from the shelf. And he ends up by saying, I've taken you back in time to take away the baggage and stigma and trauma of fear and shame and to recognize that I was there all along have opened your eyes now. And you don't have to be victimized by Beelzebub's bullies. 
Walk with me through even some tough neighborhoods because you are with Big Bro now. And I'll tell you the words to declare and back it up with a roar of my affirmation. And you'll see him turn tail and run. You are appointed and anointed unto victory. And prosperity of soul in the course of becoming free, pure, and whole to become a conduit of my river and a lampstand of my radiance in a dark, dry, hurting world. Hallelujah. You are my vessels to make the invisible God visible to this world. And they're starting to anguish beyond curiosity with craving as the fields are white unto harvest. God bless that to you. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Brother Dick, for that uh, encouraging words, and uh, thank you all. <clears throat> Let's just take a moment, and we'll uh, just close with a, a word of prayer, and, uh, and yeah. Dearly Father, we just come before you in the name of Jesus. We thank you so much for, Lord, what you're doing, what you've done. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just cement those things into our hearts. It's easy to uh, uh, God, to, to hear your word spoken over us in a moment and then to forget it. But Lord, we ask that it would continue to resonate in our hearts. Lord, that you would encourage each and every single one as we uh, uh, go throughout our week. And Lord, that your spirit would continue to speak to your people, using us for your glory as we walk in your grace. We thank you for it. We give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.